What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Crowded Booth as we get ready for week number two. We got to pick them. We got our best bets. Bryce Kuhn alongside Will Manis, Ralph Lurie, going to be joining us momentarily. Ralph working that 175K job a year trying to get done with uh, what he's got going on today. But hey, we're pumped to talk to you about it on this episode of the Crowded Booth. How in here and make yourself feel at home. Coming on the crowded booth with Bryce Coon. Welcome, 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 Bryce Coon, alongside Will Manis. Will going to uh, unmute his mic, and I had to, you know, it's it is what it is. But hey, it's, it's completely okay, completely okay. Will, how are you doing on this fine, fine Thursday evening? Doing good, Bryce. Going through some. Uh... Technical difficulties, which is no surprise because my computer is a hunk of garbage. So hopefully uh, those will be resolved uh, in the next couple of minutes. Hey, hey, we're having fun. Though. We're having fun. If you're live, uh, if you're watching this live on Twitter, by the way, we, we appreciate the people watching, but we cannot see. Uh, your comments. If you want to comment in some of the games, we appreciate you. We'd love for you to make sure if you're watching on YouTube to subscribe. Come on over to YouTube well. because the, the comment section is already on fire. Yeah, comment section's already on fire. We appreciate everyone for uh, for tuning in. We're going to talk kind of a little uh, little preview. I did mention earlier, Ralph's working that 175K a year job. He's working the big boy job while Will and I are slumming it down here on the podcast platforms. Um, Will, we talked about kind of week one. Week two, it has a fun slate of games. I think a when you look at this slate, you and I were talking earlier, what games are we going to look at and what games are we going to kind of pick from? Um, I know specifically for you, Auburn-wise, Auburn gets to make a cross-country trip to Cal. While we wait on our good friend Ralph, uh, what is your excitement level for this matchup? What can Auburn prove out there on the West Coast? Uh, yeah, pretty nervous, actually. Um, been doing some research on Cal. I got a, uh, a know-your-foe uh, for you Auburn fans to, uh, to read to get to learn up on Cal. Uh, Auburn's never played Cal before, so that there's a lot of excitement um, just with that fact that they've never played each other. Um, yeah, Auburn's got a tough test. I mean, Justin Wilcox has been a really good coach at Cal, kind of flown under the radar. Dude's been there seven years. His record is 31 and 16. Hmm. Pretty dang good, um, especially at a place like Cal that didn't experience a whole lot of winning uh, before he got there. Um, I think he's, I think he's, he's been to a couple of bowl games, probably won a couple. Um, They've got a really good quarterback. They got a really good running back, Jaden Ott, that is going to present a lot of problems for Auburn. That run defense for Auburn has been a big question all through fall camp, and and even last week, UMass was able to gash them for some some big runs. So uh, this is not going to be an easy one for Auburn, you know, with the travel. Even if they didn't have to travel, uh, Cal presents a lot of problems. Yeah, I saw Will. I think it was. Um... Oh my gosh! Forgot the reporter's name. Works for the OA News. I think he reported like that the equipment truck re- arrived like Wednesday morning or like Tuesday afternoon. I think it left. I think it crazy. left Monday. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's Monday. a it's a crazy trip over there. So, uh, do you think there's going to be some type of? Uh, not that th- this isn't a, a marquee matchup by any means. Like people are not going to look at this game and say, "I got to tune in." Auburn fans will. Uh, I will because just being a fan of the SEC. Do you think that this game is going to attract uh, the eyes necessary to kind of, uh, you know, we're going to be talking about this game next week or, or something like that? I mean, w- what does this do for the Auburn faces? Is this a game out of conference to get you fired up or no? 
I think it does. I mean, it's always fun to play a team that you've you've literally never played before. I mean, both of these programs have been playing football about 100 years, over 100 years, mm-hmm. and they've never played each other. Um, so just the fact is just to see somebody new, see a different logo, a different uniform out there, playing a different place. Uh, the Auburn fans are clearly fired up because they have traveled well over there to California, making it a full week trip for them, a week vacation. Uh, shout out to them that they can afford that. They can swing that. Uh, <laughs> been seeing a lot of pictures online of Auburn fans traveling over there. But, uh, I mean, it's a weird one. It doesn't – the kickoff's not till 10.30 Eastern time, 9.30 Central. So there will probably be a lot of eyes that don't see it. Uh, you might catch the first quarter, first half, if you're if you're not an Auburn or a Cal fan, because it's going to come on right after Alabama, Texas, which everybody's going to watch. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and it's a late start, so you may not stay up all night and watch it. Yeah, I think, too, when you look at this game, I mean, there's obviously an opportunity for Auburn to prove something. We're Will and I are going to recap that game on Monday morning, uh, kind of talking about hopefully what is for a win for the Tigers. Uh, Tyson Pubachon, which I know we got some Georgia Tech fans in the chat, he, he gashed Auburn, uh, especially on that first, oh, yeah. first couple of drives. I mean, so the idea of a physical playmaker at the quarterback position is something that not only I think Auburn's going to see in SEC play, but obviously you mentioned it right there with Cal as well. Check out Will's Know Your Foe coming out tomorrow. Any any other things that you're kind of on the lookout for this game that is going to be kind of some interesting storylines to watch? Uh, Jarquez Hunter should be back. He's on the mm-hmm. on the travel roster for Auburn, so – and he's expected to play uh, sources close to Hugh Freeze, uh, expect him to play, uh, which is very interesting. Auburn has not been able to say anything about it. At least the football staff has not been able to say anything about that situation. It's just been kind of an odd situation that not there's not a lot of information out there about. But a good sign that he is playing because he's on the travel route. Probably not going to take him cross country just for him to sit on the sideline. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting storyline continue to develop. They couldn't say really anything about it, and nothing has really been concrete said about it to begin with since the kind of incident was made public. Uh, but obviously Auburn hoping to get that guy back, which is uh, Jarquez Hunter, one of the better running backs in this conference. Uh, when, especially if he's healthy, it really makes that offense do, be able to do a lot more things. Yeah, it makes, it makes a, a deep running back room even deeper and even puts him probably, I would say, into the elite status. Yeah, no, they, he, he's, a, he's a really good running back that I think they're going to be excited to get back. Um, we're going to talk about three games. We're going to pick them here, and then we're going to go with our best bets rolling into this week. Now, we encourage you um, to spend your money wisely because, Will, if I can recall, I didn't hit on mine last week. I went NC State, or I went, um, I think, I, who did I go? I went NC State, UConn in week one. You went didn't, NC State. NC State didn't cover. Um, which game did you go with last week? I don't even remember who I went with last week. They lost. I know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It let's, see was, I, let's see if I can look and figure it out. <laughs> Will, Will uh, didn't go. But you know who did? And you know who just got off that 175K a year job? It's uh, He's in the background. He's holding up his fingers to him. He's got to hurry for a second. I think he legitimately <laughs> just got out of the shower. It's Mr. Ralph Leary with the slicked back hair. Uh, Ralph, you, your team did cover in the best bets last week. You were the – Ralph's 1-0. He's one and zero in our weekly best I really, bets. I really don't remember who it was. Wait, like, oh, it was, last week? it was Hawaii. Yeah, you took Hawaii last Hawaii. week. <laughs> oh me, uh, Ralph. Before we kind of dive in, how are you feeling? Did you have a I, long I, day? I, I mean, honestly, it wasn't that bad. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. If you walked outside today, yeah, I know. Hello, I'm here. 170 <laughs> k day. You know, thank you. One seventy five, um, but that's fine. Yeah, well, that's just not true. Um, it was fine. I mean, it was it was kind of windy today, so. You know, it kind of cooled off. Um, I was on a route that I like, 
an area I was I'm very familiar with. So it helps. It truly does. So uh, good day. Good day. Good day. That was the most coach speak UPS answer I have ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> that was, it's a good day. You know, it's a great day. It's a great day. Um, let's rock and roll here. Got to give a shout out to our guy, Gavin Hart. How did Georgia Tech look on Friday? Uh, Gavin already throwing the shade out there. What do you mean, Gavin? You were there. Gavin, you were there. <laughs> you, you were there. It's okay. Uh, um, he's already started Gavin, a hashtag for you. 170K Gavin, a day. Woo. Gavin with another one. Show me that paycheck because I don't see it. Jameer Gibbs looking good. Is he really? I know the Lions. I wouldn't know. And... Jake Gavin, I just got off work. Sorry. We all, some of us work here. Yeah. I don't, the Lions and Chiefs kicking off here. Uh, Louisville also playing Murray State uh, here on a Thursday night. Not a big Thursday night sleep for college football. It's but Ralph, you made it just in the second quarter, by the way, in that game. Mm. Mm. Well, you made it just in time. We're about to get into what our boy, Dr. Bob here. Uh, I'll be at Duke Lafayette game, but keep an eye on both tech early and then my green wave in the afternoon. It leads us into our Perfect first segue. game of the week. Great segue, Dr. Bob. We didn't even share the show script with him. Probably because we came over with it 10 minutes before the show started. <laughs> Number 20 Ole Miss makes the trip down to New Orleans. Um, as a seven and a half point freight favorite against the number 24 Tulane Green Wave. Ralph, I'll throw it to you since you just got in the chair. How do you feel about this one? The Green Wave. Michael Pratt's a really, really good quarterback. I want to say that. But does Ole Miss, does the talent kind of win out in this situation for you? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I didn't get much. I didn't get to watch much of um, both games last week for Ole Miss and Tulane. But I did pick Tulane last week, and they you know, obviously they covered very well. They're a very good team. They're very well, you know, very well coached and led by a terrific quarterback in Michael Pratt. Um, I think Ole Miss has got way too much talent offensively and defensively this year. They got a lot of great transfers. Uh, Jackson Dart looked very, you know, very fine and tuned up on uh, last Saturday against Mercer. I know that was a painful loss for the Mercer Bears. I apologize. I know that was – it kind of mm. – it stings. I understand. I, we've, I've it been does. there. 73-7. Um, not fun. That's not fun. Not fun oh, at all. They had um, 73? I didn't even know. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, that was rough. Um, but, yeah, I, mean, I think Ole Miss covers this. I think Ole Miss – I think they take care of business. I know a lot of Tech fans are saying this is a trap game for Ole Miss. I don't believe so. Ole Miss has been here. They've been in these situations. They, they're, they're all, I'm gonna say it again. They're also well coached, and you know, I think Kevin's got way too many offensive weapons that he can use at his description. You know, they're gonna they're gonna win this game. I think Tulane's a still still a solid team. They're gonna they're gonna probably win out to this game, and you know, possibly make a very high make a Cotton Bowl again, possibly, and you know, upset another team in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, I think too, guys. When when you look at this game, um, Doctor Bob hit this and. Well, we just lost Bryce. Uh, I don't know what, what happened. Uh, Bryce just <laughs> vanished off the face of the earth. I don't know. I'm not going to add him in here. I will add him when he gets ready. He's back in here. I don't know what happened. Your your mic is off. Your mic is off, Bryce. Uh, you need to. What in the world just occurred? I just. I don't know. Okay, timeout for the for the for the. For the Apple users, you know, like when you're on the your browser or whatever, like whatever your browser of choice, Safari. You, you exited that, didn't you? No, I didn't. You know, like the the trackpad. Like if you accidentally swipe, it just takes you back. Well, that's what I went and did. So that's why I didn't use this right here. So yeah, man, get a mouse. Get a mouse. Just get a mouse. Um, what I was trying to say is, I agree with what Doctor Bob here said. You know, a win in this game for Tulane it would be mon monumental for the program, for where Willie Fritz is continuing to take them, yeah. and not just for 
not just for this program, but for the future, because Michael Pratt's gone after this season. So, you know, what you could do in recruiting, what you could do in continuing to bring in talent and not making this a one-hit wonder, I think it would make Tulane an ideal destination, you know, for guys that maybe don't get the calls from, and I'll specifically speak to the state, they don't get it for LSU. You know, it's one of those things that you don't get the call from LSU. Now you can stay close to home and play for a program that I believe – you know, with some of the right moves, could position themselves to be one of the next teams for conference realignment because of being in New Orleans, uh, you know, and having some sustained success. Will, you know, when you look at this game for Tulane, Ole Miss brings a talented squad down there. I think that Ole Miss is more comfortable running the football than they are airing it out right now, which is not really what you've seen traditionally out of Lane Kiffin. We saw it last year. Is Quinshawn Judkins just too much for this Tulane defense to hold, or how do you see the Green Wave being able to match up with Ole Miss at home? Yeah, uh, I mean, Quinshawn Judkins is probably one of the top tailbacks in the country. Um, I don't know why he's not on Heisman list. I think it's because he plays running back and not quarterback uh, or receiver because receivers have been getting love uh, ever since Devontae Smith's incredible season. Um, But I actually think the Ole Miss defense is going to be the key in this game. I think that they have so much talent on that side of the ball. They're going to be able to slow down Michael Pratt. Uh, Because I don't think they're going to be able to stop him. Pratt is legit. He's a really good quarterback. Mm. Uh, But Tulane, they just don't have the depth that Ole Miss does. So I think this Ole Miss defense is really the key. They've got depth. They've two, two, three deep in almost every position on the defensive side of the ball. Tulane, not so much. Um, So it could, it could be a, a struggle defensively for three, three and a half quarters. Yeah, I think too. This is a game. I think I'll go ahead and put this prediction here. I think it's the highest scoring game we see all weekend. Uh, both offenses capable of putting up points. I think Ole Miss um, is going to figure some things out about Jackson Dart at the quarterback position, some of the receivers that they needed to replace from last season. Uh, you know, no more Jonathan Mingo. You know, that that's something. Who is going to be kind of their number one go-to guy? Uh, defensively, I know this is going to hurt the, the feelings of some Georgia Tech fans. You know, for Ole Miss, can Zamari Walton, a, a transfer from Georgia Tech, can he guard some of these two-lane receivers? Can a guy like Jared Ivey that transferred from Georgia Tech, who has continuously trended up at his time in, in Oxford, can he make his presence felt as one of the best outside guys at the SEC spot? I'll tell you one thing. Dr. Bob's not on the show, but he's going to continue to provide great information. Tulane O-line is one of the strengths of the team. If they can keep Pratt up right, it will be a shootout. I agree with you there. Four starters back and the other spot filled by an LSU transfer. So all of these things to say, you guys both took Ole Miss in this correct. I think you're, you're picking the Rebels to win. I'm going to pick Ole Miss, but I do think this has a chance to be um, – I think this is a chance, a a shootout, and this is why. Ole Miss has hit the over in their last four away games. Tulane has hit the over in five of their last six games overall. It trends in the right direction. Uh, Will, I agree with you. I don't know. I don't believe that Ole Miss is going to be able to completely stop Michael Pratt. It's going to take a big turnover, a big interception. And, guys, I think that – I think we're going to roll into the fourth quarter with this game being pretty close. Maybe Ole Miss pulls away late. Um, that that seven and a half is kind of iffy, though. I mean, I don't I don't know how I feel about that. Luckily, we're not picking against the spread here. We're just picking outright in these games. Um, but I, I, I do like I do like Ole Miss. I want to say one thing, and you were talking about the uh, the receivers at Ole Miss. You got Trey Harris, a Louisiana Tech transfer, who balled out against Mercer. Now, yes, I know it's Mercer. Six catches for 133 yards, four touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, they, it's, it, a, it's a weapon. Jackson's dart found his long ball threat already, and that, and that shows you that, that you know there's weapons there, you know. Quinshaw Jenkins didn't do much last week because, you know, the, they were throwing the ball very well. They threw – all three quarterbacks had a touchdown, I'm pretty sure. Uh, they threw for – I mean, what was the total? They threw for almost 500 yards total. 
It I mean, was a little game. over 500 yards, I think. I mean, out of three guys, I mean, that's that's incredible, honestly, no matter who you play. And throughout 500 yards, is a lot of yards. Obviously, you saw what you know, Sanders did against TCU. It was yeah. 524 yards. So, they had their weapons. They had the idea of the guys they want to throw to. I think, you know. I, th- I think, you know, almost they got it. This is easy for them, I feel like. It's a fun early season matchup, though. When you talk about SEC out of the non-conference, I like this one. Let's get to a couple of comments here. GT Bohunter, I took Ole Miss to cover and win. And then Dr. Bob, with his prediction, I'll throw a homer prediction in for Tulane 46-45, same as the USC game. Look, I doubted him against USC, and that's exactly, I think, what Willie Fritz and Tulane wants you to do is to kind of doubt them, especially get them at home, which I think is going to be a pretty nice crowd in a relatively new stadium they put there on campus uh, at Tulane, no longer in the Superdome. They're outside in a nice little uh, nice little stadium. So let's roll with the next one here. Will, we're going to start with you. Another SEC out of conference. So, you know, the SEC, uh, we'll say this, Will likes to ride with the SEC. Uh, Texas A&M against Miami. The Aggies are a slight favorite. This game was nuts last year. Um, I sit in the camp, Will. I don't know how much you can take away from last year because both teams look vastly different. New OC for Miami. New OC technically for Texas A&M too. How do you feel about this game in Coral Gables? I don't feel strongly one way or the other, A&M or Miami in this one. Believe it or not, uh, yeah, like, like you said, you can't you can't think about last year in this game. I mean, these teams are two totally different teams. You don't have Haynes King at A&M, Bobby Petrino in, Connor Wegman in. Uh, I don't even remember who the Miami OC was last year and who it is now. I can't even remember. Josh Gaddis last year. Oh, that's right. Josh Gaddis. Yeah. What a a disaster. Yeah. Uh, And also, new defensive coordinator for Miami. Kevin Steele's gone. Uh, He's back Mm. at Alabama. So, throw out last year. uh, There's a lot of unknowns about this team. I know Texas A&M looked pretty good last week. Uh, Lit up the scoreboard. Kind of made it look like Jimbo Fish made the right call by bringing in Bobby Petrino. Uh, but Tyler Van Dyke, a lot of experience at the quarterback position for Miami. Uh, I I think I lean that there's going to be a lot of points in this game. Uh, I, I really don't know what to expect. Yeah, I like what you said there, too. I mean, I made the assumption Ole Miss Tulane. This one's going to rival that one in the amount of totals. Points there's scored. another one that's going to have a lot more points. We haven't got to it yet. It, that's That's true. That's true. Um, Ralph, for you in this one, I mean, Miami, look, Miami has kind of the new faces. Uh, A&M destroyed New Mexico in week one. And I will say this, like, it's an FCS game. I get it. Or an, not an FCS game, but it kind of feels like one of the New sense. Mexico State is technically oh, – no, they're yeah, uh, independent they're, now. Sorry. They're independent now. Right. All this to say, though, is, is about A&M, like – the fact that they got the offense ramped up is a win against anybody. Like, they yeah. just needed to show that in week one. How confident are you in Texas A&M's offense walking in uh, to Miami? 3.30 Eastern kickoff down there at Coral Gables. Well, my thing is right now, it's a lot of people are, are riding on this being a home game for Miami in a good atmosphere. I have not seen Miami have a good atmosphere in I don't know how long. They, they don't. Those fans don't show out. Real and quick, it, have you seen the ticket deal for this, yes, by the way? Yes, it's, it's – is feeble. It, it's it's one of the most feeble. bizarre things I've ever seen. It now, really now, is. I, I want to say this. It's not the joke was made against Georgia Tech fans. It's more of a showing of Miami fans not being able to show up for a top twenty-five matchup yeah. like that. For me, uh, and and Miami kind of one of those fringe top twenty-five teams. I mean, in that sense. But this is a guy a team that comes in an SEC team nonetheless, and you can't pack out your own stadium. Anyways, keep going. Yeah, I mean, 
in this situation, you know, the, the line is minus four. Over under is 51. I think it goes – I think the over hits in this game. I feel like both teams are not going to play very well um, defensively. I think both teams' offenses really show out. I know that's saying a lot because last, last year's A&M offense was putrid in most games. Miami was just banged up year, all year round. You saw what happened against uh, Mid-Tennessee State last year when they got blown off – they're blown the doors off of. You know, just overall a horrible year for both these teams that had such high hopes to win the, win, win the ACC, won the battle for the AC, SEC title. Uh, I mean, look, they both teams didn't play anybody week one. Yeah, I don't know anything yet. I'm, I'm not confident in any of these teams – I know that both coaches are very well respected. They're very great coaches. They have a lot of talent on both sides. If both teams show up, this could be a very well rounded match. But yeah. if, if one team just shows out, that one just it's just gonna be a it's gonna be a boring match like last year. I mean, last year was a good game, but it was not what it looked sloppy. Up. It was sloppy. It was extremely sloppy. It didn't look at what the hype was. The hype yeah. was so high, it was gonna be a great matchup. Man, A and M Miami was so fun to watch. It was boring. I hated watching it last year. And yeah. I feel like this year is I'm close to it. It might be the same way, honestly. It has to get after it, Ralph. Just get after it. Look, I think you know, everyone who said, look, who was, was it? Desmond Howard last year said AM was gonna be in the top four. What yeah. a horrible pick. He also had but he had Pitt in there too. What a moron. I mean, he, he's on the game day just saying that, okay? He has AM in there again, I think, this year, didn't he? Will and I'll just see ourselves out, Ralph. Would you just take the next five minutes and just go yeah. after this game? No, look, I I agree with you. I, I think um this was a sloppy game last year. And, Will, did you even officially make a pick before I go? Like, did you officially make a pick in this game? No, I didn't. Do you want me to make a pick? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the whole point of a pick But, yeah, keep going. Keep rolling with it. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I said a and sorry. Yeah. I, I, I'm leaning Miami plus the four points. I think A&M mm-hmm. wins in a very close game. I think I think it's going to be sloppy again. I just don't know Three what to, to expect two. either of these teams. Three to two. I need, was, listen, as an Auburn guy, I need another team at any time to play a three to two game. I need somebody else to talk about that played in a three to two I game. There. I was there. Yeah, no, I agree. I understand. Uh, here's Auburn, my I thing. Think Auburn was a top fifteen team in the country and only scored three. <laughs> they were. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke went 17 to 22 last week. Uh, he showed that he could play up tempo. And look, they beat a Miami of Ohio team with like relatively no sweat. Like, I, that was something, too, that looked good for them. So, I think both teams saw what they wanted to see in week one uh, in terms of, you know, we want to win in dominant fashion. It's what you're supposed to do against teams that you're better than on paper. For this one, uh, guys, I think that the defensive line for Miami is going to get after Connor Wegman. I am just going to – I'm taking Miami. I, I think Miami wins this game at home just for the fact that I feel like I can trust Tyler Van Dyke more than Connor Wegman. Connor Wegman, to me, has a little more unknown – and if Miami uses some of the athletes they have, look, I think the Hurricanes have pieces. They don't have all of them. And I think that they're going to have enough pieces where it's going to be a close game, but I kind of agree. I think it's going to be sloppy. Uh, my final score prediction, because I actually wrote my final score predictions down, I've got Miami winning uh, 27, uh, A&M 23. I, I think it's going to be kind of – it could be a high-scoring game, but then like we mentioned as we kind of got into it, I feel like there's going to be a ton of missed opportunities. Like I think A&M is going to be able to get to the red zone and just not convert. Uh, I think that, you know, it's going to be an interesting season. Like LSU against Florida State? Like Clemson against Duke? You change you, know you change my mind. I'm changing my pick. Give me, okay, Miami's going to win. Miami's going to win outright. Wegman. You just don't want to be an SEC homer, do you? <laughs> no, I, I don't th- I don't think A&M is very good. I don't yeah. think Connor Wegman is that good. Wegman, <laughs> Wegman has, in his – 
career, which is really just only a season, has not been good against pressure. I mean, yeah, Auburn all. beat that guy last year, and we know how bad Auburn was. Auburn got after Connor Wegman, and he hey, hey, that was a Cornell Williams led Auburn team at home. <laughs> that that environment was hey, wild. Hey, listen, I got it. Cadillac didn't strap it up though. No, he could have. True, he was he, he was fired up. He, he was he sprinted down the sideline. Looked like Ooh. he could still play. Man, I was ready. To, I was ready to strap it off for Auburn that day. I'll also say this uh, player I'm going to watch in this game, Cameron Kitchens. Safety for Miami, really nice player. Miami's got a nice back end. I think their defense is going to get more pressure. I think we're all riding. Will Will and I are going to Miami. Ralph, you're taking uh, takes the name. So lock it in. We're going to keep track of our picks all weekend long. Let's uh, get a couple here to um, GT Bowhunter. My five-team parlay for this weekend, Notre Dame minus seven, Colorado minus three, Oregon minus seven, Auburn minus seven, Ole Miss minus seven. All right. Um, CJ, appreciate you tuning in. Make sure you hit that like button on the video. Texas A&M 31, Miami 17. I, you know, it, it, I, I think we all kind of agree anything could happen in this game. Who's the um, SEC homer now? The guy, the guy with the Georgia Tech profile picture on YouTube. <laughs> An old roommate of mine from Tech was from Miami. He said there's just too much else to do in South Beach for people to care about college football, and that is not played on campus. A lot of Miami fans with the off-campus situation just bad for them. Dr. Bob, the Crowded Booth Insider. Maybe we might have found a new intern, ladies and gentlemen. People city. <laughs> just just a, the, the feeability of the Miami Hurricanes football <laughs> program. Let's keep walking and talking here. We're going the big one, the big boy matchup. I believe, guys, this is the nightcap for CBS. Got to be a lot of fun. Nope. Um, I, nope. It's not. Nope. Was this on no ESPN? This is on ESPN. 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 No, the nightcap. Well, yeah. There is something else that nightcap on ESPN at ten o'clock or ten yeah, thirty. The, the late night. We already mentioned. We already mentioned. We got that, okay. We got Pac twelve after dark. You got Pac twelve <laughs> after dark. We got Pac last two year, after dark. Or the last ACC, year, Pac-12 after ACC dark. after dark now. There you go. Will, Will stands in solidarity with the Pac-12. Hey, I like this comment. Um, I just wish they could both lose to success. Who knows? Let's talk about this. Texas at Alabama. Um, I'll set the stage. We'll roll from there. Quinn Ewers comes in. Uh, a lot of people felt like if he would have stayed healthy, you know, in the game last season, uh, that Texas would have won that football game uh, at home. Uh, you know, Hudson Card played well. Hudson Card no longer at Texas now. Uh, Quinn Ewers comes into this one. I mean, you know, he's tried to make a name for himself. There's a lot of pressure on Texas to live up to the hype, as there is every single year. I put Texas in my final four, and I said they would win this football game. Um, but, guys, Alabama figured out a lot, and I think schematically they figured out what they could look like under Jalen Milrow, who looked good in his Alabama starting debut as the sole starter. I know he started the game last year or two. But kind of being that de facto guy. Will, we'll start with you in this one. Alabama, Texas. I know you're an Auburn guy. I know you probably wish both could lose. Do the Crimson Tide defend home turf? Yeah, I've been I've been going back and forth all week, but tell myself, don't overthink it. You know how good Alabama is. Alabama looked really good against Middle Tennessee State, which I know is not saying a ton because it's Alabama, but Alabama was not good last year. And they still made it to the New Year's Six. How many games they win? Ten games? Nine games went, regular yeah. season? It's still really good. And they were bad for Alabama standards. Um, not going to overthink it. Alabama at home. Nick Saban against a former assistant. He's, what, 20, I think, 26 and two. two. Yeah, mm-hmm. against his former assistants. Can't overthink it. Alabama, I think, has shoes from, from last year. Milrow, like you said, looked great. I think Milrow showed he's the guy. Even though they brought in Tyler Buckner to run um, Tommy Reese's offense from Notre Dame, Milrow looked great. Milrow 
a big dual threat guy. I just I think Alabama's too much. They've got too much talent on both sides of the ball. Defensively, I know Malachi Moore's a little banged up. If he plays, Ewers is going to have a long day. Not going to have a ton of receivers open. As good as Xavier Worthy in that room are, it's going to make it tough. With Nick Saban coaching those DBs, you know they're going to be good. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Alabama. Yeah, look, that's not a bad pick at all. Also, I got to take a timeout. Timeout on the show here before we, we move to Ralph's pick. I have just received the fifth comment since we started going live in two weeks, Will, that when you sit in that chair, it looks like you have long flowing hair over your shoulders. I just got a screenshot of the show <laughs> sent to me. My aunt, who was watching the show on Monday night, said, is that long hair? So, Will, you just do a quick <laughs> quick turnaround to show people you have nothing going on back there. It is cut nothing. off. We got a screenshot sent to us. No, it's absolutely hilarious <laughs> well you're either gonna have to dye your hair or get a different color chair it's one yeah, or the I other know. i mean i don't know what we're gonna do uh, <laughs> ralph let's talk about this texas and alabama i liked what i saw out of Jalen milrow i think that he can be a weapon it's not going to be what alabama fans have seen over the past couple of years but it gets back to that bully ball this offensive line is really really good for alabama where do you sit in this game texas coming into town all right. Well, I, I think what uh, we were talking about last week and being about picking the SEC teams and our surprise teams and everything, I think we forgot to really just to hone in on that we're just doubting at Nick Saban, which is a terrible decision to do. If you doubt Nick Saban, he's going to come out and win 11, 12 games a year. That's just how good of a coach he is and how good of a program he's built in the last 10 plus years. Um, I like Alabama in this game. I think they, they play really well at home, obviously. It's, it's their home field advantage, but I'm going to go away from it. I'm, I know I think Bryce is going to pick Bama too. I think both of y'all are going to go Bama. I want to. I'll, I'll go ahead and say Texas. Just kind of gives a little third option, a little different option here. I like Quinn Edwards. I think if he would played last year, they would have won that game. Obviously, Alabama looked extremely sloppy last year with the 15 penalties. Um, I think Texas has a two-headed uh, monster running back. Jadon Blue and Jonathan Brooks played a lot last week. It was Rice. You know they're not going to run the ball and, and shut their whole offense. Edwards Ewers looked great. He threw for three or two sixty three touchdowns. I think he, they kept the ball short. They weren't trying to air it out too far. Xavier Worthy, AD Mitchell, uh, Jordan Winningham, and this 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 all this receiving crew is, is solid. They're built really well. I do think it's a high scoring game. I think Alabama's defense is really talented, but I think these receivers are really good. Um, I just I just want to take Texas. I mean, I want to take the Texas plus seven from one. I'm going to say that I don't think it's a blowout. I don't think it's a, you know, a 48-45 finish. I think it's like a 28-24 Texas. Well, you're muted again. Sorry. First off, I'm going to figure out how to get (laughs) unmuted. Um, You're welcome, by the way. I love how the fact that you just completely set up to pick Alabama and then just threw a wrench in it and said, hey, I'm picking Texas. Um, I want to say this about Alabama. They still have to prove to me that they've got the defense in place to take down a high-powered offense. As much as we, I talked about what I liked about them offensively, you know, defensively, Middle Tennessee State wasn't going to provide much of a challenge unless you're Miami last year. So Middle Tennessee State in this one uh, didn't really do much. Ewers is going to have more weapons. You know, when you look at wide receivers across the country, Ohio State has got the best two targets. But you start looking at the talent level that Texas has in that wide receiver room. Ralph, you mentioned it. Isaiah Worthy, Isaiah Nayer, another guy. Uh, Jatavion Sanders is a tight end. Uh, A.D. Mitchell. 
that might be the best receiving group that Alabama faces all year in the regular season. That's including LSU, who we all saw on Sunday night, does not have that elite wide receiver talent. So all of that to say is if Alabama plays a clean game, they only committed two penalties against MTSU last weekend, I think that the Crimson Tide can win this one by double digits. I, I think Alabama has is prone to this type of game. I don't think there's going to be a letdown factor. And look, when you get those fans, they don't often get a big-time game inside Bryant-Denny Stadium. That home atmosphere is going to be pay big dividends for them. So I actually really like Alabama in this contest. I think the Crimson Tide win this one. And look, you said it, Ralph. I mean, we better get – I don't think any of us put Alabama in our Final Four, and I'm kind of starting to regret that already because I just – I guess I was knocked back into my senses. But we'll see. I, I, I'll, I'll stick I'll with what I put. I saw Josh Pate talk about it. He said – I'm sorry, we're not talking Uh-oh. about someone who has we're not, ta- we're not we're not talking about someone who has a live show going on at the same time we are, but keep polarizing. Going. Sorry. But he also said on his not not to be named podcast, um, he said, you know, a lot of people are doubting Nick Saban. I'm I'm just not gonna be in that party who says that Nick Saban can't win with a team that's not surrounded by super talent. You know, this this is a Nick Saban coach team that he can win national championships with whoever's on the field with him. I mean, he's that good of a coach. He's built a great program. I mean, he has the most incredible coaching tree in history. I mean, it's ins- it's insane. He's you know he plays every every time he plays he faces a, a former coach of his a former assistant of his he wins. He's lost yeah. twice, and one being a national championship game, and, and one being what the was was it both was it both Kirby? Oh, it was when, when Jimbo. Okay, yeah. So I don't see. I'm just taking Texas because we need a third option. I don't want all of us to pick to Alabama and just and this looks bad. Look, if I'm Go wrong, I'm gut. wrong. Go with your gut. Yeah. Go with your look, gut. I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'm not. I'm not scared to say it. <laughs> I mean, I don't care. <laughs> but look, yeah, don't know yeah, nobody. I don't know nobody. Wait for that podcast to come out. Just let us do it one night. <laughs> oh, we were going <laughs> to have anyways. Anyways, yeah. But also, my last thing, it, my only thing with Bama right now is that receiving room is just not where they need to be to be beating teams like Texas. Isaiah Bond is their best receiver. He does not get enough targets in games to be that elite receiver that we think he, that we think he can be. I think Milrose got his arm down where he can throw it really well and be more accurate than he was last year, but he's going to run the ball very well obviously out of the pocket. He's going to he's yeah. going to make plays and their offense I mean they got good running backs, but there was it's going to come down to can Milrose throw and make plays in you know downfield. So that's the thing. They're, they're going to run the football. They're going to run the ball, oh, yeah. and, and, and they're going to try to run it down Texas's throats. They've heard all this talk. They know how they played last year. They've heard all the talk about how good Texas is, and Texas is right there with them. And they're going to want to come out and make a statement, and, and Saban loves beating up on his assistants. So, yeah. I mean, don't overthink it, Ralph. Don't overthink it. I'll say this. No. Bad <laughs> things happen. Listen, bad things happen good when people. a program led by Nick Saban feels underappreciated. That's when bad things happen. So I I, I got Alabama in this. Ralph, stick with his pick. Let's rock and roll here um, to our best bets. We'll start with – you know what, Will? We'll start with yours. Will's best bet, App State plus 19 at number 17, UNC. This was a fantastic football game last year uh, between two North Carolina foes. I believe – well, I actually know exactly where I was sitting watching this game. I was sitting at Baumhauer's over in Auburn, Alabama, getting ready to watch this game. Um, App State, UNC, you and I were trying to remember, this one came down to a two-point conversion or something along lines where UNC narrowly escaped. 
but you got the Mountaineers covering this one in Chapel Hill. Talk to us how you feel on this one. Well, number one, I think it's too many points. I mean, I think App State is not three touchdowns, nearly three touchdowns worse than North Carolina. App State has a ton of talent. Program has been really built up in recent years. Um, and then last year, the way they hung with them last year. Now, I know this is a, a totally different UNC team. It seems like Gene Chizik has, has worked his magic again and turned this defense around after only one year. They look great against South Carolina. Uh, didn't turn them over, which I think could be a concern in this game. If App State takes care of the ball, uh, they can they can stay in this game. Um and, and and App State, Mike Brown said it as soon as that South Carolina game was over. App State's going to give us our best shot. And and App State, you said it, two North Carolina teams. All these smaller schools want a shot at the big dog. Here's their shot. They almost took them down last year, and uh, they're going to come out and look to do it again. I think 19 is too many points. I like that one right there. Um, Ralph, for you, you want a little more time? I can go ahead and go. Ralph's muted. You muted? You can go ahead, Bryce. I apologize. I'll go ahead. We're just muted all over the place tonight. I'm going my Bryce's best, Ben. I failed miserably last week. I failed – listen, I'm 0-2. I failed miserably in week zero. I took Navy plus 20 and a half against Notre Dame. Awful. But, boys and ladies and gentlemen – I've got some stats. i got some stats to back up how I feel here. Bryce's best bet, SMU plus 15.5 at number 18 Oklahoma. Listen, do not fall into the trap of the brand value name of what the Sooners bring to the table in this game. Preston Stone, the quarterback for SMU, an electric arm. He replaces Tanner Mordecai in this game. To me, I sit with the side of Will. Far too many points in this one. I think SMU just needs a couple of scores, actually, to be able to cover this one if you're going to give them. And, Will, you were telling me right before we started, I think this line started at 17.5 and and has slowly creeped down uh, as the week has gone on. Oklahoma had a losing record last year. I know that doesn't necessarily matter for this season, but it's a defense that allowed was 121st in the country in yards allowed. SMU doesn't have a great defense, but they just need to score, and I think that's something they can do. I think this game could be a shootout. And I'll even go as far as this. I'm not picking SMU to win this game, but I think that the Mustangs are going to have a chance to potentially tie the game maybe early to mid-fourth quarter. I think Oklahoma ends up winning this one, but I think the SMU has a legitimate shot to go up to Norman and surprise people with their performance. Not necessarily a win, but how well they can play. So I got SMU plus 15.5 in this one. Ralph, we go to That's you. Rhett Lashley. That's Rhett, Rhett Lashley. Lashley. Rhett you, talk Lashley. About the, you talk about the Nick Saban coaching tree. You better talk about the Gus Malzahn coaching tree. That thing is growing every year. <laughs> growing in different areas in different ways. Uh, right. Ralph's best bet. G.J. Kenny, 1-0 at Texas State. Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. God, we'll talk about it Monday. Ralph's best bet, Nebraska at number 22, Colorado, minus three. Uh, Ralph, you know, if, if Dion was sitting right in front of us and he said, do you believe? I think Will and I would be like, eh. Ralph's like, I believe, Coach. I believe. I believe, Prime. Ralph is drinking right. the Kool-Aid from the hose pipe. He is ready to don the white and gold and black of the Buffaloes. Ralph, talk to us about this game. Look, I'll tell you one thing. I, mean, I, I, I doubted Colorado at the beginning of the year, personally. I, I said they may win three or four games. This is a tough schedule for them. They got to play some tough Pac-12 teams. But the way they showed out against TCU, man, I was I was shocked. I, I told I texted Bryce and Will. I said, you know, I didn't think Travis Hunter was going to be able to play with the big guys. And yes, Will correct me. He's a, he was the number one player in the country for a reason. It's true. He showed out like he was. Um, I really like Colorado in this game. They played extremely well last week. Their offense was clicking on all cylinders. I mean, they threw for 500 yards, and they had, you know, 
Sanders was lighting up the scoreboard. Uh, Nebraska looked terrible. I mean, they looked horrible. And what's bad enough is I'm looking at the matchup predictor over here, and they got 58% of Nebraska winning this game. Nebraska looked terrible. <laughs> I mean, God. I mean, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> you. You are you are my uncle. Thank you. He's also the creator of the uh, the song, guys. If you not yes. if you didn't know, um, look, Jeff Sims at quarterback for Nebraska is terrible. I mean, he looked he, looked, he threw three interceptions against uh, Minnesota, who was not a very well very well t- good team, and they were, they're they're greatly coached. They were not playing well. Colorado takes advantage of this game. They blow them out of the water, honestly. I feel like Colorado wins this one by three touchdowns, honestly. I don't think Nebraska's really – you really think Nebraska's got a chance to win this game, Bryce? I, I, look, you I think, think Colorado's – You think good. Jeff Sims is going to beat Colorado? It's, it's a three-point spread for a reason. I, will I, I just think that this if, is if, – If this game is less than seven points. I'm not – I listen, I'm not against you taking Colorado in the points here. I understand. Um, I mean, I'm the same guy that took Navy in the points two weeks ago. But I think that – I also did have um, come up with this on, on, the, on the way home from work. So. This is amazing. Now somebody get him his theme music. That's amazing. <laughs> Look, I think – Already already queued up. Gotcha. Already queued up. Do we just end the show? Like, what was that? What okay. what, are we, what are we doing here? Um, Having fun. Also, I'll say this about this game. Colorado has a chance to really make a mark. Like if they did blow them out there for real, they're going to be a top 20, top 15 team. Like they just will be. That's how much the media loves them uh, and that darling aspect. And I think they're talented. I also want to remind folks, like we were hating on Shador Sanders. This kid was a four-star quarterback coming out of like high school. Like he wasn't He went to, he went to FAU at first. I'll people, people forget that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was committed to FAU. Like it's did, just one of those did, things. Did he, did he go to FAU for one year and then go to Jackson State or did he decommit? I thought he'd be committed, but I have no idea. I don't remember. But also, I mean, I think Colorado's defense is really good. They they're talented. They're going to give up points to Utah, Oregon, USC when they play them. Down Just the not road. to Nebraska and Jeff Sims, apparently. I don't think Jeff Sims is very good quarterback. We I mean, we saw him at Tech. Ralph's pandering. Ralph's pandering. That's fine. Will, what are your thoughts on here before we get out of here? You got a minute and five seconds. You got this. Uh, I do. I do like Colorado in this one, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Um, yeah, I mean, Colorado's going to score a lot of points, and Nebraska probably can't hang with them for four quarters, but uh, it'll be a fun game. It'll be a fun game, indeed. Uh, you left us about 40 seconds, so what I'll do is I'll talk with you here. Uh, appreciate you so much for tuning in. This is our weekly college football show. We go Monday and Wednesdays live at 7.30 Central, 8.30 Eastern. Tuesday nights, um, we're going to be doing something. Uh, Thursday nights, we're going to have our live Georgia Tech show. This was, a, this was a weird week. This is the weird week we were doing this, but the Don't Know Nobody podcast will be premiering here soon. Um, make sure you want to – I don't even know what we're going to do Nobody wants to listen to that. <laughs> well, because they don't know nobody. So I think that we're going to continue to roll with this, but, hey, appreciate you so much. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit the like, the subscribe button. We'll point right down to where it would be, uh, the like, subscribe button right there below you. Yeah, there you go. Set up the notifications right. bell as under well. Me. Yeah, I think, I think so. I'm somewhere. We're gonna flip it all around so you're wrong. Yeah, it's gonna be the the exit out button. Uh, we'll we'll talk about it soon though. Hey, we'll catch you next time. Here another episode. Ralph, I'll hit it. Don't worry. Here on the crowd did booth. How in here and make yourself feel at home. The crowded booth is coming on. Crowded Booth with Bryce Coons.